What's up, everybody, and welcome to another installment of the Bastion Bros podcast. I am your host and the older brother, Billy Damiana. And I am your co-host, Corey Damiana, the better-looking brother. You know, you really got to stop saying that. I know. It's making you upset. No, it doesn't make me upset. It's just a lie. A lie is a sin. You sin, you go to hell. No. It's the truth. My wife says so. Do you? I beg to differ on that one. But anyway. It's so nice to say that. My wife. Strange. Listen. Corey just, just got back from a second trip to Disney within three weeks. Now... And- we all we all know we can we can sit at home and listen and understand that that is a, probably a financial <laughs> crisis and burden. Okay, so that's one hundred percent number one. Number two, I don't even want to talk about the the price tag on both trips combined. So let's just focus on some of the positives. Where did you go? What did you do? Just like from kindergarten cop, who's your daddy and what does he do? Um, the First day was... How many times did you go to Star Wars? Uh, probably like four times. The Rise of the Resistance ride is never disappointing. Um, that ride is... You feel like... They literally make you feel like you're in Star Wars. Not just in... Not just in the the park, but in the ride. You feel like you're in Star Wars. You feel like you're being chased by Kylo Ren and, and the clone troopers in the First Order. I think that the ride would definitely be more interesting if they added some of the originals, but that's just my opinion, but it was really cool. So was the ride. Um, what is it? Smugglers smugglers run with the millennium Falcon. That was really cool. You get to like be a pilot or a gunner or an engineer as you're flying the millennium Falcon, which is really cool. And the entire ride is set up like the in the uh like inside the Millennium Falcon where like they're playing that chess type of game. I forget what the heck it's called off the top of my head, but it's there. There's um a wide variety of uh, X Wings and starships that are there. You That's can, because droids don't pull the arms out of their sockets when they lose. Wookiees are known to do that. Sadly C three PO and Chewbacca were not there playing at the time. We did see Chewbacca though, that was really cool. The we got well, Chewbacca these... was playing R two D two. He wasn't playing C three PO. Oh yeah, you're right. I know I'm, I'm right. I messed okay. up on that usually, one. Usually am. But C three PO was not there anyway, and neither was R two. But the I think one of the coolest parts was definitely Olga's Cantina. It's like a bar that's modeled after yeah. the bar in A New Hope. It was really cool. How many drinks did you have? I had three. My brother-in-law had probably four off because you can only get you get like four, you can get like four inside the bar because you're only you can only stay for forty-five minutes because it's such a like it's so like sought out but with reservations like people will book that several times on a vacation a year or a year and a half in, in advance just to make sure they're in so it's really really intense just trying to get into into August Cantina. We're pretty, okay. we're pretty, we're pretty, we get in pretty easily. We do, we have well, you're regulars now. You're, you're yeah. regulars. Like, like we have the you're, season you're pass not, or the annual so pass. You're, you're not Patrick Bateman trying to get uh, into Dorcia. 
Yeah. Okay. No, no. you're not like that. We can't also... get into Dorsia. I wonder if Patrick Bateman ever eventually in his life gets into Dorsia. I don't, know. I, I don't know. Do you think? Do you think he ever? If that ever happened? I don't know. But he really tries really hard to get into Dorsia. <laughs> I say, All right, keep going. Sorry, I say Dorsia cracks me up. Dorsia. Dorsia. Uh, we also went to Epcot, drank around the world. That was really cool. That was fun. We did it on our honeymoon. We did more more stuff on our honeymoon. Uh, I just recently got married. For those of you that are wondering, I we went on our honeymoon to Disney, my wife and I, and then we went back two weeks oh, later. Hold on, the, hold on, hold on. Let me let me paint the picture. Let me paint the picture here. So we know what happens at weddings. You enjoy some adult sodas for a long period of time throughout the duration of the day. And somebody, I don't know whether it was Corey, his wife, or a combination of both, that thought it was a wonderful idea to schedule their plane to leave the next day. And they thought it was an incredible idea to stay out until 3 to 4 o'clock in the morning and then try to get up and get ready for travel that day. So now, not only are there issues that he can get into if he wants about the travel that day, but then they go down there, they're having a wonderful time, okay? And I know a lot of people, I have a lot of friends that go to Disney, and they tell me how exhausting it is. These two psychopaths come back from Disney, and then roughly nine to ten days later they go back for another week that's that's sick that's sick the second trip was a gift from my father-in-law and it's a it's a family trip they usually take every year in the summer why they do it in the summer i don't know they have always done it in the summer i guess it's just because when everyone could go but uh it was ungodly hot down there in August, July wasn't that bad for me, but August was August was terrible. It was it was hot every day. It was probably within the 90, 92, 93 range. And we went down in August last year and that was fun. It was it wasn't nearly as hot as it was. I this can time. only imagine the sweat pouring off of your back. As soon now, as I went outside, Corey, Corey has patches of hair throughout his back. It's not one burly pad. It is patches. Okay, like patches of Hulahan. So he's got different sections of sweat on his back. I was like, sweating. Uh, like Dusty Rhodes when he did the polka dots. That's what your back looks like. I was sweating so profusely. Uh, I never drank that much water in not just a day. Like it would have been relatively two hours. I probably had like four or five bottles of water within within 45 minutes to an hour. It was so hot. The but it was still fun. Uh, the food was always great. We did the space 220 where they like they take you up into space, you know, you get to eat like eat in space, so to speak, with the concept that you're eating space food. You know, it was really cool. Um, they have a lot of cool things in Epcot. Oh, the Gardens of the Galaxy ride is still unbelievable. Gardens of the Galaxy was awesome. We got all six songs, there's like six songs you can get on there. 
and we got all six of them between our honeymoon and with the second family trip. We were really excited. We finally got the second trip. We we finally got the sixth song on the second trip, which was awesome. What else did we do? Tron in Magic Kingdom finally came out. Tron was really cool. It's a roller coaster. It's really they, they set you up like you're in one of the Tron motorcycles, and that was really cool. I never saw the movie, and when I came back, I sat down and watched the movie. I really enjoyed it a lot. But never, never got into Tron. I tried the movie, didn't like it. Not for me. So we don't have to talk too much about the Tron. I I like the Tron uh, movie because of the one actor, one of my favorite actors, Jeff Bridges. He plays the villain, Tobias, in the first Iron Man. I love I loved him as an actor. He's also the big Lebowski. If you're if if you're if you know Jeff Bridges, I really like him a lot. He was in Tron. He was really good. He was both the evil villain Clue and of course the main character. Well, not he wasn't the main character. He was one of the main characters, but not the he played Kevin Flynn who is the father of the son in the movie. That was really, really cool. There's just the entire, I just really liked the entire layout of Tron as, as a ride. And then like getting to see the universe in the movie was really cool too. So I, it was really fun. I really enjoyed right, well, it. Great. I'm trip. glad you had fun. I'm glad you had fun on your trip. <clears throat> and I do not, I do not want to nor do i have any desire to ever go to disney i don't want to go i have no need to go i don't want to go i don't like it here or there i do not like it anywhere i do not like green eggs and ham i do not like them sam i am so i'm glad that you guys like enjoyed it you guys liked it you love it you have fun just don't ever ask me to go because it's going to be a hard new. No. You want to go next year? New. No. And I'm going to say it like that every single time. New. No. So, in your absence of being away, I was real busy here, not only grinding on the grindstone, but I was out getting new things for the collection, which we'll talk about in weekly purchases. I was able to show one of our friends the movie The Crow. He's fully invested, loves the crow, got him into collecting from our podcast. It got him to listen not only to our podcast, but the major wrestling figure podcast. Uh, he got to got him into watching more wrestling, more Dragon Ball, because he loves Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z Kai, and got him into watching Kyle Peterson. So now we have gone on three toy hunts while you were down there in Disney riding tron okay tron so great. All, no i don't want to hear about tron so that we'll talk about that stuff though in weekly purchases you love tron i don't love tron and i don't want to pretend that i love tron some news some news in the the biz we like to say in the biz PowerCon was last weekend while you were away in ohio so PowerCon was pretty much showing some things that we already saw at San Diego Comic-Con. One of the things that was highlighted, and I was never into this, so those of you that are listening, I have zero chance of buying this. This is not like the experience 
or the regret rather that I have of not getting the X-Men Sentinel by Hasbro, the Thundercats Cats Lair was on display at San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con and it was on display at PowerCon. And let me tell you something. This thing is a centerpiece for anybody that is a Thundercats fan. Now, I've watched a few episodes as a kid and you know, I just I've never I've never been into Thundercats, but I was blown away and I didn't even see it in person. I just saw it on Kyle Peterson's video on YouTube. I just was blown away at the the utter size of this thing and the price points. I think it's between six and seven hundred bucks. But this is a centerpiece of any collector's collection room. And if you are a Thundercats fan, I think it's fully backed, which is great. They have a lot of they have a large following. So check out that PowerCon video, whether it's Kyle Peterson or somebody else. Check out the PowerCon video. And take a look at this freaking Thundercats lair. You can probably find it on YouTube anywhere if you just type in Thundercat lair. Or if you go on, you know, Google, Google image search, Thundercats lair that's coming soon. Remarkable. Gigantic. Remarkable. Centerpiece. Talking piece. Fantastic. I was never really big on Thundercats. I don't even really no, know what that. No, I, I never watched. It's an '80s cartoon. I'm not an '80s kid. I don't even know what it's I about. Have, I wouldn't have watched. Oh, it's it's a superhero thing, but they're just they're just Thundercats, like they're cats with power. They fight crime, fight crime, like so, the Batman. Sounds broken. So, I got into a discussion, debate. Um, on, no, no, not a debate. A discussion. I like to ask questions a lot. So one of the discussions was a piece in which is a holy grail piece to you. In any form of collecting, whether it's toys, sports memorabilia, cards, videotapes, DVDs, whatever. It was a nice it was a nice discussion. I got well over a hundred comments on it. And lots of replies. So I'm going to ask you, out of all the collecting pieces that you have or that you get into, what is the one thing or the one holy grail piece that you may have or you may not have and wish to have in your possession? For me, a holy grail piece, I would say I would want one of the original. It's not something that is highly sought out after but being that this was my first trading card game that i ever got involved in which is going back to Yu-Gi-Oh. spoiler alert one of the i would love to just have a original that i just reprinted it but it's not the same an original first set of the legend of blue eyes white dragon booster box that was the first set with the original Konami I, uh, logo that I purchased and that was released in the United States. Right now, it's going for over $4,000 on TCG Player. And I really, really, really want that. Obviously, it's I'm not going to be able to get it anytime soon, but it is an unbelievable piece. And I also would love a copy of the original starter decks of Yugi and Kaiba when they first released when you and I started playing when we were kids. That would be yeah, really cool. I, 
yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh was Yu-Gi-Oh was pretty cool uh, when I was a kid. I just didn't beyond beyond that first season. I didn't follow it any longer. Yeah, the the, the first. I, I, I it's actually funny. I was just getting back into watching the show, and it's crazy how night and day the the original series, the first five seasons with the original cast. You know, Yugi Moto, Joey Wheeler, Seto Kaiba. That is the best version of Yu-Gi-Oh that you're gonna find. Well, I would, I would, I would imagine so. I would imagine so. Tail end of the '90s, yeah. Still, gr- still grungy, still gritty. You know that. Obviously, the show, the show is fantastic. Yeah. It got little, got little dark. And don't but, get me wrong. Uh, like I do, I do like GX and Five Ds, and I also enjoyed. You, you like Five Ds? Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh Five Ds. That's what it's called. Yeah. You like I'm five? What it's called? You lo- no, you like five Ds, and it's okay. This is a PG. We still love you. This is a PG podcast, sir. What are you um, even talking? About? What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, that those three things right there, or just an original, like an original secret rare of the Blue Eyes White Dragon. No, no, no. It's one or the other. Your Grail piece. You have to have it. This is the centerpiece of your collection. What is it? I would say the Kaiba starter deck, easily. Kaiba star, Kaiba starter deck. Okay, that, that would be my holy grail piece. The Kaiba starter deck, just because it has the original blue eyes by not the original blue eyes by dragon, but it well the original blue eyes by dragon art is in it. Okay, okay, hold on, calm down. Not the Take secret rare. Back. It's the ultra rare. Take a step back. Let's think about what we're saying before we say it and correct ourselves a thousand times. Here we go. It's, it's hard. Yu-Gi-Oh has so many different rarities and different cards, so it's like it's hard to explain. But I'll I'll go ahead and explain it. No, no, no. We don't need explanation. Just tell us your Grail piece, which is the original Kaiba starter deck with the blue eyes, white dragon. Ultra Correct? rare. Ultra rare. Blue eyes. Ultra rare. There okay, we go. that's it. All right, okay. beautiful. Your turn. I put this in the chat and. I got links on where to go and get this for a relatively cheap price, way cheaper than what it was at the beginning of COVID and even prior to COVID. It's it's actually come down because of so many re-releases and upgrades to it. My grail piece is the original in-box Dragon Zord with the Green Ranger from Bandai, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 1993. The original 90s version. Yes, the yeah. that is the holy grail piece, and th- that and that will never ever change. That that's, put, that's hard put, to come by. That put my life on a different trajectory. Watching the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and I have some grail pieces already. Okay, I have some things that I already want. You know, you bought me for my birthday the one time the the Darth Vader helmet, the exclusive Darth Vader edition helmet. That thing is. A grail piece, you know, Ric Flair signed boot, Ric Flair's actual boot that he signed. That's a grail piece that's in my possession. Some extremely exclusive and very rare stings. I have them, they're grail pieces, but the holiest of holy, and I'm talking Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, holy grail. This would have to be the center of everything. And then after that, so my my top three, for example, would be the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Dragon Zord, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Megazord, and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Titanus. 
all three of those mint in box on display. And my collection for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers could be forever finished. Okay. okay. And that's, and I feel it's really strong about that. So once I finish a couple of things and maybe expand a little bit in my, in my room, cause I'm running out of room, you know, I think that's something that I'm going to get, I'm going to put my hands on. I mean, they're, they're cheap right now. I mean, under $300 I found minty, minty, minty in box. 275, 250, 290. Under 300 bucks. They were selling for upwards of $500. Not too long ago. So, yeah, that was a great discussion. I I love that. I I love the I love the holy grail discussion. I'm a big person in trying to chase that dragon, get <laughs> no pun intended, but get, you know, the dragon sword with the original green ranger in it. I mean, that's just that's what I want. That's yeah. where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, grail pieces aside, one of the things I wanted to get into this week and talk about, and I kind of alluded it to it in episode two and episode three. So, what I would like to talk about in this episode is Mortal Kombat. In okay? Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat is something that was life-changing. As a kid, you know, I didn't start, I didn't actually didn't start by playing the video games. My obsession with Mortal Kombat came from watching the movie in theaters in 1995, Mortal Kombat, and then went back and found the video games because the first video game comes out in 1992 and the second video video game comes out in 1993. I'm two and three years old, not playing video games, but at five years old, Mortal Kombat 3 comes out. But I saw the film first and then got my hands on Mortal Kombat 3. And then there was Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. And then you had Mortal Kombat Trilogy that came out in 96. You had Mortal Kombat uh, Mythologies with Sub-Zero that came out in 97. Also, Mortal Kombat 4 came out in 97. You know, And then you have a, a lot of Mortal Kombat games that come out. Mortal Kombat Advance, Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, which was a great game for PlayStation 2. You have Mortal Kombat Deception that came out a couple years later. I think 2004, Mortal Kombat Deception comes out. You have Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks, which is like an open world game where you are Liu Kang and Kung Lao going through missions. Yeah, that was a good one. That was available. You know, that was available on on multitude of of systems. And then Mortal Kombat Armageddon came out after that. Yeah, 2006. Armageddon, that, that was had great. a huge roster of characters on that one. That was that was stacked full yeah, of characters. Yeah. <clears throat> that one was awesome. And we're we can we're, we can get into which one's our favorite. Mortal Kombat vs. DC was the first Mortal Kombat game that I believe that wasn't rated M for mature because it had the DC superheroes yep. in it. It was so T for Teen. T for Teen. Yeah. So the fatalities and the violence was extremely taken down. Now, while gameplay-wise, that's one of the best ones to ever be made, the problem is that there's no gore. There's no violence. That yeah. stinks. Yeah. Yeah. The, and I, I know a lot of people who didn't even – I know a lot of people online that are big into fighting games that actually put that pretty low on their list because of that in terms of yeah. what it's supposed to be. Because when you, when you hear Mortal Kombat as a game, not just a game but as a franchise, you're thinking fatalities, you're thinking violence, you're thinking – 
really, really gory crap, you know, and, and it was not present in DC versus MK. No, not at all. Not at all. And one of the one of the things about it which sucks is the fact that the gameplay was so great, but unfortunately, with the lack of blood and guts and violence, those that were into the Mortal Kombat scene are ultimate Mortal Kombat fans. They just they liked it, they appreciated it, but at the same time, it just wasn't fulfilling that Mortal Kombat need. You know, and then there's a three-year hiatus, I believe, between Mortal Kombat vs. DC and Mortal Kombat. I think it's Mortal Kombat by itself. I think that's what it's called. Like the resurgence is Mortal Kombat. And then there's the Mortal Kombat Complete Edition. But I think it came out, I'm almost positive, it came out in 2011 for PlayStation 3, Xbox 360. That was the also known as Mortal Kombat 9. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Mortal Kombat 9. Yeah, you're and then right. Mortal Kombat X came out, I believe, 2015. Uh, I got that for the Xbox. Um, start for the um, I got that for the Xbox One, 2015. I believe that this that that came out. Yeah, that was a really cool roster of characters. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Mortal Kombat 11 came out in 2019, right before, you know, COVID happened. And then you have the aftermath that came out during 2020 and Mortal Kombat Ultimate. That was also Mortal Kombat 11 came out in 2020. And then this upcoming fall, we have Mortal Kombat 12, which is going to be freaking unreal. The gameplay, the coming attractions look fantastic. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. For that game to come out. Now, you being a younger brother, you got to experience things at a faster rate than some of your contemporaries. Okay. So you're just so everybody knows, there's a five-year difference between Corey and myself. Okay. So in 1995, Mortal Kombat trilogy or Mortal Kombat 3 comes out, plus the film. Okay. Corey's born in April of 1995. So, Corey's earliest, how do you say, exposure to some of this stuff is at the age of three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You know, so he gets exposed to this at a, uh, yeah, he gets exposed to this at a very, very young age. So, at the ages of four and five, you know, we still have the, Nintendo 64 cranked up, original PlayStation. I mean, we're playing Mortal Kombat Trilogy, Mortal Kombat 4, you know, Mortal Kombat Special Forces. And, you know, he's getting exposed to a lot of this, a lot of this violent stuff before majority of his classmates and his contemporaries are even allowed to play video games. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I also, come to think of it, I don't think I ever... I don't think I ever got a win against you in Mortal Kombat. I don't think I ever Mortal beat you in Mortal Kombat. And we played to a lot the, of games growing up, and I don't think I ever won one. To to those of you that are listening, wherever you are, whatever device you're listening to, I have an entire Mortal Kombat half sleeve on my arm. I mean, Mortal Kombat is the voice of the generation, or the voice terms of CM Punk, the voice of the voiceless. Okay. 
I mean, this is something that really shaped my love of, of video games and my love of toys, the whole nine yards. I, I would even argue this is not not the only reason, but this heavily had an impact on you and your love of martial arts as well. Yeah, probably, probably, definitely, definitely helped. Yeah, definitely helped. Yeah, you know, just, just seeing like Luke Kang in the movie Battle Against Shang Tsung, like that's that. I I don't see how you couldn't be inspired by that fight. That was a great fight. Well, now we're not going to get into any specifics as far as the films are concerned because the films are what they are. The, the greatest film is definitely the original, the 1995 version of Mortal Kombat. I really liked the newer one that was released. Was that released in 2020 or 2019? I think so. Around there. Yeah. I you like that. Was, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good for what it was. People were complaining, you know, but it's a movie off of a fighting video game. Yeah. It's These really, people are, are you, expecting murder on the Orient, Orient Express or... They're expecting this long, drawn out, you know, story. I, I don't know what they're what they're looking at. It's a fighting game that promotes violence, blood and guts, heads exploding, souls being taken, people being frozen and broken into millions of pieces with their guts lying everywhere. Yeah. I mean, Scorpion, who's originally voiced by Ed Boone, the creator. You know, he has a spear that shoots out of his hand and goes through the human body and rips out what's ever in there. You know, I don't know what these people were expecting. These Mortal Kombat fans or movie critics were expecting some sort of masterpiece by James Cameron. You know, this is not this is not Avatar. It's not Titanic. You know, this is Mortal Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it's meant to be gruesome. It's meant to be the whole concept of Mortal Kombat is literally in it since its inception has meant to be brutal it's never and it's supposed to be it's supposed to be funny and yeah fast. yeah like some so like i would just love to like be a fly on the wall in the office of the gentlemen and and, and or ladies that are coming up with the fatalities of the games from generation to generation of of of, of the mortal Kombat video games some some of the the fatalities are just so mental and absolutely out of this world i I remember one fatality was i I can't remember who i think it was scorpion where he like blows a hole through his opponent when he when he kills them and then like their heart falls out into their stomach so that is in the the last that is in this last mortal kombat mortal kombat 11 okay he he you know basically teleports through the body and then the heart comes through and then he cuts your is that no 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 no, no that I'm was wrong a, yeah I'm that was wrong. a, that was a different not, one i'm thinking of thinking of something different yeah that's a different one i like the you I, like, I, lo- I like the one with spawn sorry I, I like spawn was i like spawn that's, and his fatalities too as a character yeah that's mortal kombat 11 that's I like I like 11. I like Spawn a lot. Yeah, Mortal Mortal Kombat's been been fantastic over the years. You know, one of my favorite my I'll tell you right now mm. my my favorite Mortal Kombat game is probably Mortal Kombat. It's tough between Mortal Kombat, Armageddon, 
it's tough between Mortal Kombat Armageddon and Mortal Kombat 11. I really and that, that's hint hint that's going to be our top five discussion today. yeah i i really i really like along with top five mortal kombat characters i really like deadly alliance deadly alliance deadly alliance is great too that's great. where Luke kang dies for the first time yeah that's where i really got into that's where i really got into it i think that was one of the first mortal kombats i ever played like that i could actually remember that I actually Probably. won against our our friend Dingo. He I actually beat him in that in those games. I remember when I first played, all I wanted to do was play as Goro, but Goro was not in Deadly Alliance. He he wasn't in Deadly Alliance, so it, that was that was a, a that was a heartbreaker for for me. But it was still it was still a really good game. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I, I tried getting back into the Nintendo 64 versions, and I got to be honest with you, the Nintendo 64 versions of Mortal Kombat, man, they were hard. I, no, I, they're I, very, they're very tough. They're they very were difficult. difficult. They were so challenging. I remember trying to play on, play the, the like, and do the arcade, and it, like at least in the arcade now, like they have like really, they have like the you know easy, normal, hard, very hard. When you played arcade back then, and I correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember them having any difficulties. I just remember the ladders being shorter, and the oh no, there was there there's difficulties. There's there's difficulties. Each ladder, so the shorter the ladder, the easier. Okay, the yeah. Difficulty was even if you did the shorter ladder, though, I feel like the as the like the, the like obviously the competition went up, the higher you got. But even on the shorter ladder, I would get to like. The third guy, and maybe it's just attributed to that because I'm not that good of a player, but I would get walloped like all the time right in the beginning, and it was it was, it happened more often than not on the Nintendo 64 versions, and I just I put those aside. I was like, I'm never touching those again. I haven't played those in years. I I think the last time I touched the Nintendo 64 version of a Mortal Kombat game was when I was in high school. Now Mortal Mortal Kombat on the Nintendo 64. And before, especially the arcade machines, are extremely difficult. The, yeah. le- the levels of vi- of difficulty for those. But then, if you figure out, if you figure, if you're just an average player and you don't know what you're doing, yes, the difficulty is insane. But there are ways in which you, once you progress and and enhance your skills, there's certain things in there. Like for example, Liu Kang and Mortal Kombat one, two, and three, and even trilogy. If you hit his flying kick over and over again, you can go up and down the ladder and nobody can stop it. Yeah. Doesn't you I mean there's certain timing that you would have to do, but if you block and hit his flying kick, not the bicycle kick, just his flying sidekick, you'll win. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of I, I know there's I, there's a lot of glitches in in like special moves that you can use in some of the older games. I don't know I don't know much of the the, if there's any glitches or, or somewhat in the newer ones, but I do know back in in uh, a couple of, like an Armageddon, I knew like Raiden was if you just you just did his like charge, that, like that flying charge that he does, that was I I I, got, I would get caught in a loop with that all the time when it, whether it was against you or someone else who was playing again playing as Raiden. Oh my god, I hate playing against Raiden in in uh, in Armageddon. That was that was really annoying. I mean, he still has it. Yeah. It's like one of his like signature special moves. Uh, Lord Raiden, love Lord Raiden. 
But we started this conversation not to just talk about the games, but to talk about the toys. Okay. Now, over the years, since 1995, there's been a plethora of toy companies that have taken, you know, initiative and embarked on the Mortal Kombat journey. And to name a few, you have Hasbro up there, you have McFarland Toys, you have Mezco Toys, you have Storm Collectibles, which, in my opinion, the Storm Collectible Mortal Kombat figures are the greatest figures ever made for, for Mortal Kombat to be followed by the McFarlands, the best. McFarlane and Storm Collectibles have made the best Mortal Kombat figures. Mezco Toys is probably up there too, but you also have something like Toy Island, you have Infinity Concepts, uh, Palisades Toys, Jazzwares, Pop Culture Shock Collectibles, Psycho Toys, okay? And Pop Culture Shock Collectibles is Pops. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But, but the best toy line in all of those that I just named out of those companies has to be Storm Collectibles. The, the realism of the figures, the way that they can be posed, the way they can be moved. I mean, if you look up Storm Collectible figures, okay, they sell before, I mean, retail, they sell for upwards of 60, 70, 80 bucks. And then the secondary market, they just skyrocket in value. Like a, like a, a complete scorpion. For example, for Storm Collectibles, sells on the aftermarket of upwards $150 to $250 to even $300, depending on the version of Scorpion. Yeah. Okay. And that's not just because it's called, it's just Scorpion. It's because Storm Collectibles, you know, that's what they, their product does when it hits the secondary market. It just skyrockets in value. Okay. And I mean, the, the toy lines have come a long way from 1995. I think Hasbro was the first one to try the Mortal Kombat toy line. And I got to be honest, I never had any of those original Mortal Kombat figures. They were so hard to find and they were so minute. And we've talked about this on our podcast before. We live in a remote area where we are 45, 50 minutes from any sort of mall, KB Toys. There was no Walmart here. It was Kmart. Kmart, James Way, Ames. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even big lots. So, and those- even Walmart didn't even hit the store, hit the area until like well later into our uh, childhood. Even Walmart Wal- was linked to the game in our area. Walmart was not a store in our area until. My junior year of high school, which was yeah. 2007, 2008. Yeah, all we had was Kmart. We didn't have that. Kmart. Yep. That whole... We yeah. have to understand, everybody, we live in a place called Cape May, okay? And those of you that aren't familiar with Cape May, it's the bottom tip of New Jersey, and it's a shore town. It's an island. We are very remote, you know, as far as being different from North Jersey or even Central Jersey. I mean, we are really, really remote down here. So lots of online ordering now. Not many toy stores to go hunting at. Like, we have yeah. to go far. We, we If we want a really, really good toy store hunt or a good toy hunt, we will drive all the way up to Lafayette, New Jersey, which is three hours from here, to go to Pandora's Box. Yeah. Or like a good a good game store, like a good local game store to go get 
uh, TCGs and trading card games is a really good store is actually all the way in Cherry Hill at Top Deck Games, you know. So we do have to travel relatively further than the average collector uh, has to um, in, in other areas. We're not we're not as lucky as some other people, probably for a good reason, actually, though, because probably be bankrupt if they were anywhere closer. You know, we for example, we just had a GameStop that just closed down. They're gone. Yeah. In Rio, Rio Grande. And yeah. I had no idea that they were closed. I was just in there the week before closed. There was no signs of saying, hey, we're closing or half off deals. It was just one day you drive yeah. by, you go to do a quick toy hunt. The store's empty. It was gone. It was all gone. And they actually gone. just they actually just had like a lot of like Yu-Gi-Oh! And Pokemon cards just arrive at the store. And I was actually considering going over there and I was like, Oh wow. Well, so much for going to going in there to get some cards. <laughs> gone. Totally gone. gone. All gone. 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 So just very odd. Just to, I, I, just I, to I, put I don't it understand under, it. It's just to put it into perspective of, of how long stores like that last in our town. It's, I mean, I, I guess it's also like changing it's it's it, it, I mean that GameStop did last for a long time. It used to be yeah. it used to be EB, EB, games. EB games for a while, and then they bought them out, and now it's a GameStop, and now now it's gone. I just think that it's crazy because a lot of people are getting their games online. Mostly, they're ordering them digitally, so they don't need to. There's a lot of people that don't need to go to the the GameStop to get their video games uh, the the hard disk. I prefer the hard disk because it saves memory. You have you, you know, you can get as many of the physical games as you want and have more memory as opposed to the digital version, but people are lazy and they want to go get their they want their digital version as fast as possible and they don't feel like going all the way to GameStop to get it, you know. It's, uh, a, it's, just, it's a shame. It's a shame. I uh, I I just I don't I don't get it. It's very, very odd to me. You know, those of you out there that are listening, if you're giving us and gracing us with your presence and listening, please buy physical games. We don't want to go into this virtual world where everything's just virtual. Have the game in your hand, physical copy being held. This whole downloading, just because it's easier, it's not great. Setting a bad precedent for for the future, and I just, I don't like it. I don't like it whatsoever. Yeah, it's a shame. And I also noticed that, like, even buying cards, I, I know I'm going on a tangent and we'll go back to what we're talking about, but even like buying cards online, I feel is more prevalent than what it used to be. Because when we were kids, we used to have this store in the in the Villas, New Jersey, that our father used to take us to. It's called the Buy, Sell, and Trade Store. And that's where I got all my Yu-Gi-Oh cards, either there or Kmart. And I, 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 I would buy booster packs and that's how I got my cards. There was no such thing as TCG Player. Well, I mean, maybe there was, but I didn't know about it. I didn't, and eBay wasn't a thing back then, so it's not like I could log on to eBay and go buy stuff from eBay. It, we we were we we were we had a lot of constraints back then. And now today's generation, they want to get into collecting. It's actually, I think, in my opinion, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's easier to get into collecting now because of how much stuff is being sold online than it was back when we were kids. And it's not like we were kids, you know you know, decades ago, you know, or like, oh, like, oh, like over 50 or 60 years ago, we were, we were kids in the early 2000s. No. We were killer. We were kids in the early 2000s and it's hard to, it's hard to, which is, which is, no, I know ago. it is, it is, but it's hard to believe how much, 
things have advanced from the year you graduated high school to to now, you know? Uh, listen, I get it, you know, but I would say that I would say that it's not easier to collect now. I think it's easier to collect things that you missed out on. It's just that the stores now are so overran with just junk. Yeah. There's there's not, I think there's no in in America, right? There's no Toys R Us. GameStop's, you know, I mean, I was literally just saying that the other day to, to my wife. I was like, man, I really wish. Toys R Us was was around. I could, we could take Lily up there, our, our daughter, and that would have been amazing to do that, you know. But she'll never get to experience that because it's it's gone. Toys R Us is gone. GameStops are starting to be yeah. devalued, and they're they're starting to disappear. Yeah, they're becoming so, a thing of the past. It's crazy. They're they they are literally going out the door. I'm I'm actually like, it's kind of sad. It's, yeah, it's kind of sad, and having to rely on having to rely on online downloading or yeah. ordering online is just. Yeah. I don't like doing that. I don't. I don't like doing that. I don't like doing it too much. You know, I like pre-ordering things because I know it's going to be timely. It's going to come out fast. We're going to yeah. get it promptly. But as far as that other stuff, I, I, I don't like it. I don't like it much at all, to be honest. But anyway, sorry. Get back to no, no, no. No, 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 it's fine. So the Mortal Kombat toys, they've always been kind of like a little niche. They're always relatively, they haven't been easy to find. Now, secondary market, you can find a lot of them, but that first original lineup, I mean, they go for big money now. Yeah. Looking for the original Mortal Kombat line, the original toys, big, big, big money. I mean, I'm talking, we're talking three and three quarter inch figures in box are going for over three hundred dollars. Yeah, you know, and that's not even like in an, in in an acrylic case. It's not the original Star Wars Kenner figures. I mean, these are just Mortal Kombat Hasbro's, and they're going for big time money, loose and in box. So, you know, it's know. just it's just crazy, it and they is. haven't been consistent. They have not been consistent with Mortal Kombat toys over the years. Uh, Mortal Kombat Mar- merch is. It's cool to find. It's awesome to find. And I'm not saying that there's not a plethora of there of of merch. There is. It's just it's difficult to find because it's not mass produced like, you know, uh, Hasbro Lightning Collection, where you can walk into any Walmart, any Target right now and find something from the Power Rangers Lightning Collection th- through Hasbro. You can find Power Rangers merch almost everywhere, be- whether it be, you know, Toy stores, Target, Walmart, Amazon. You know, there's just, there's so much merch out there. But as far as Mortal Kombat's concerned, it's very niche. It's, it, it, the Mortal Kombat community, while it's big, in the grand scheme of things, it's large. There isn't large, rather. And, you know, it's just, it's just tough. It's tough to, to stay up on yeah, all that Yeah, it stuff. is. Yeah, it is. I would say that what's crazy is, so there's not there has there was a old and very old Mortal Kombat TCG that was back that was out in like ninety six or ninety seven but it didn't it, it was ninety six the training guard game was ninety six yeah, yeah I that, remember when that came out it did not last long at all it was it was a very no. it was a very it was a very uh, harsh game 
the the rules very complex. The rules didn't really make much sense. It was a half done game, so it didn't last long. But come later down the road, a game called originally called Universal Fighting System, or later re- renamed Universes, put out the Mortal Kombat 10 CCG booster boxes, a part of the Universal card game. So for those of you that don't know what that is, Universes is a big license TCG where they get massive licenses from massive IPs such as Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Soul Calibur, Cowboy Bebop, and they put them into a card game and you're able to battle and build build these these decks of of characters such as like Scorpion versus Ryu or Raiden versus Akuma or Liu Kang versus Sagat. And that was the whole concept. It was a cool concept, but the Mortal Kombat card game for universes that came out it was it was so sought out it was so sought out it was so shocking that they didn't ever print they haven't printed another one since it was so sought out that you couldn't buy it i remember when it first came out it it was gone within the at least one of the local game stores that i went to nirvana in Egg Harbor, that it was gone there. It was gone at Top Deck. They don't have any of. It's hard to find. And if you want to find a booster box, you have to put out anywhere between one hundred and thirty to uh, almost two hundred dollars for a booster box to get your hands on it. Because Mortal Kombat is a franchise that people love. And if there's card game players out there that want a Mortal Kombat card game and they see this in the universe's system, they're gonna get it. And it's going to sell out quick, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and you know, just just like I said, it's a niche. Uh, not everybody's a Mortal Kombat fan, and not everybody knows what Mortal Kombat is. But almost everybody knows Power Rangers, Transformers, you know, Star Wars, Jurassic Park. Those those fan bases are larger. So the the ability to find merch such as toys, you know. It's difficult, but yeah. you can always find the games. You can always find Mortal Kombat games, especially if you're trying to build a Mortal Kombat game collection, which yeah. I have a small one, but my my rules are different. I, I don't have to have every single Mortal Kombat game. I would like to have every Mortal Kombat game that I have played. That's okay? a good one. That's a good one. Every Mortal Kombat that I, game that I have played, so from Mortal Kombat Trilogy and up, not that I didn't play Mortal Kombat 1 and 2. I have. But I didn't own Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 growing up. I've only played them on arcade machines at certain arcades or at pe- you know people's houses now with the one-up arcades. So I'm not in the market for that. I'm only in the market for games that I played growing up at home with my home systems. Yeah. So I have Mortal Kombat Trilogy, Mortal Kombat 4, Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, Mortal Kombat Armageddon, uh, Mortal Kombat 9, Mortal Kombat Deception, which is pricey now mortal kombat deception is very pricey yeah okay yeah. it's 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 very odd that it's the, that it's pricey but you know nonetheless you know mortal those mortal kombat games are fantastic anybody that's not into mortal kombat you know sorry but we we said that we were going to focus on mortal kombat this episode so that leads us into our top five now we're going to do two top fives here we're going to go top five actually you know what I want to do three top fives. Okay. The first first top five is going to be your favorite Mortal Kombat game. We don't need explanation why. The okay. second top five is going to be favorite Mortal Kombat characters. Okay. We, again, we don't need explanation outside of number one, make it short. 
Okay. And then the third top five is going to be your favorite Mortal Kombat fatalities that you remember using or playing. Ooh, that's going to be hard for me. That's going to be really now, hard. If you if you don't feel comfortable doing it, you don't have to. And I I can just I can name it. But my top five Mortal Kombat games, my favorite ones, and this is not going to be one of those lists where nostalgia takes over, and I'm going to choose a crappy game, you know, where the the graphics aren't you know up to standard. So my number five Mortal Kombat game is going to be Mortal Kombat Trilogy, which was released uh, for the Nintendo 64. Might have been released for the Super Nintendo. I don't know. It came out in '96. Uh, but not, Mortal Kombat Trilogy is number five. Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance is four. Mortal Kombat Deception, three. Mortal Kombat 9, two. Or no, Mortal Kombat Armageddon, two. And then Mortal Kombat 11, number one. It's the best one that they've made. Yeah. Uh, that, I like, that's a good list. That's a really solid list. Yeah. Yeah. For me... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, no, 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 you no, 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 go, go, go. Okay. no, no, we'll go back and forth. All right, so for me, number five was probably Mortal Kombat 10. I really liked Mortal Kombat 10 a lot. It was really fun. That's what actually got me back into Mortal Kombat, ironically. Number four, probably Mortal Kombat Armageddon. I just really liked their large roster. Number three for me was probably Mortal Kombat 11. I really liked Mortal Kombat 11 a lot, but there are two that I prefer over those. I really liked Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance a lot because it was it was really nostalgia for me. It was like one of the first ones I ever played that I can actually recall and remember. But number one, and I don't know if this is a a hit to or a or, or a low blow to the Mortal Kombat community, but I don't know what it is that MK versus DC Universe will always be my favorite. I love the fact that you can have yeah. Scorpion battle and Superman and so forth. It was that's that will that will always be my favorite. It was kind of like I thought it was going to be the start of like how Mar- Marvel did Mar- Marvel versus Capcom, and finally MK and DC were going to do something, but it, it didn't take well, off. No, like they, that. no, they had to separate it, and then they had to put Mortal Kombat and the. Uh, what is the injustice? Injustice, injustice is, is the DC Universe version of Mortal Kombat that's T for team. But yeah. Anyway, my top five Mortal Kombat characters number five, Sub Zero, number four, Johnny Cage, number three, Liu Kang, number two, Scorpion, and number one is got to be, without a shadow of a doubt, the best one is Nightwolf. Nightwolf. Called it. I knew it. I knew it. Love Nightwolf. You're obsessed with Nightwolf. Okay, number my top five. I my top five Mortal Kombat. Number five for me is probably also going to be Sub Zero. Number four, Scorpion. The two ninjas are definitely going to be right neck and neck because they're nostalgic for me. I remember when we used to battle with them all the time as kids. I used to get my butt kicked as Sub Zero when you played Scorpion, or vice versa. When I was uh, when I was Scorpion, you beat me up with Sub Zero, so nothing really changed. Number three, probably Cyrax. I was always a fan of the Cyborgs. Really liked yeah, them a Cyborgs lot. Cyborgs are pretty cool. Cyrax was definitely one of my favorites. I really enjoyed him. Then number two, I don't know. Kind of, he kind of got lost in, in, in. I don't know if people remember him, but I still love him. Ermac. Well, I love Ermac. I love his telekinesis powers. Really, really cool. And number one will always be Noob Cybot. I love Noob Cybot. Yeah. 
Noob Saibot, and named after the two creators, their last names backwards. Yeah, I thought that was funny. So I think we're, we'll, we will skip the fatalities. We'll save that for another discussion because I want to get to weekly purchases. Weekly purchases, this segment is brought to you by us because we have no sponsors. So these purchases are coming straight from our bank accounts. No sponsors. So it's brought to you by us. Us. <laughs> don't you just love that? No, I don't love it. I don't love it. I don't like it. I don't like having to spend. Sponsor us, people. Sponsor us. That'd be great. It'd be great if we could get some sponsors. So, from- I, I've done a lot of talk. I've done a lot of talking today, so I'm going to let you go with your weekly purchases first, and then okay. I will follow. I actually have uh, a couple. I got uh, three. Three. I have three. So the last episode was kind of a. It was kind of a hint on the on the webcam. We didn't upload that, uh, but I put it on the webcam anyway. It was kind of a hint. But and I said on the on the cam it was a dragon, but an anime dragon, someone who transforms into a dragon, and that is none other than the One Piece deck that I love and I always will love and will play from format to format, and that is Kaido. I love Kaido. He is one of the four emperors in One Piece. For those of you that don't know Kaido, Kaido is one of the most powerful characters in One Piece. His battles with Luffy, Monkey D. Luffy, is unbelievable. I love the way the deck plays. It's a very ramp-heavy deck. It's a deck that really is built on getting a lot of Dawn into your into as which is the resource of One Piece. It's really about ramping it up, getting as much resources as possible, so you can put out your heavy hitters uh, like the Kaido dragon right here this version of kaido which is a promo and of course my favorite kaido is the 10 drop right there the card art on this kaido alone is just unbelievable he costs 10 and there's a reason why he costs 10 because when he is played he destroys every other character in play and that if that doesn't say sound kaido to you i don't know what does uh but i'm really really excited really happy to have the kaido deck Really excited to have him um, and play him in the future in some events. One of the crazy things about Kaido is that most people don't know this. If you get two of the Kaido structure decks, you'll get a play set of Queen. And Queen is a blocker character. He is very pricey right now. They're coming in, I think, at like seven between seven and ten dollars a pop. So get the structure deck, so it'll probably it'll pay for itself. So the second purchase is actually a spoiler from earlier. I am getting. I have my. I have, I'm a big Yu-Gi-Oh player too, so I know I was, for a while I've been preaching the Bandai games, but there's so much nostalgia for me with Yu-Gi-Oh and getting back into the show. I can't leave it behind. I love the show so much. I love the game a lot, and I decided to go ahead and get back into it. I'm not really that I ever left, but I picked up one of the archetypes. For those of you that don't know how Yu-Gi-Oh works, their decks are in a series of archetypes with the, the same name or are associated with an archetype that is a similar theme. So the Egyptian gods, everyone knows what the Egyptian gods are. That's, you know, Obelisk, the Tormentor, Slife of the Stry- Sky Dragon, Wing Dragon, Ra. That's an archetype. Dark Magician, Blue Eyes, White Dragon, those would be archetypes. But the archetype that I preferred to, or that I just that I just bought, is actually a ritual summoning archetype, which is one of my favorite ways to summon in Yu-Gi-Oh! And I got the lead 
Libromancer archetype. Really, really excited. There are a bunch of cyber monsters. So, so, well, not all. They're not all cybers. They have some cybers. They have some fiends. They have fairies, and they focus on uh, a very interesting way of ritual summoning they don't they don't, they do have a ritual spell but they can also they have a have other ways to ritual summon such as from their field spell like romancer first appearance just a really really fun deck i thought this deck was going to take off in terms of meta but it actually didn't but it's a it's it's not that bad i really do enjoy it. it's more of a fun rogue style deck right now but the card art alone on some of these like if, if you take a look at Libromancer romancer doom broker really really awesome really like this card a lot this the this archetype came out in the Battle of Chaos booster box. I actually got two of those at the recent show back in was it June or July of the card show? Was it July? I think it was July. July. I got two of those and I pulled a lot of these and then I finished the play set through TCG Player. And the final purchase is another deck that I really really like a lot, mainly because of the aesthetic and the card art, and that is. One that was actually just in the Yu-Gi-Oh! World Finals, Sword Soul. Really, really liking Sword Soul a lot. Sword Soul. Sword Soul. For everyone's soul to be taken. It's actually... It has nothing to do with, with taking any souls. It's just... it's more. No, of a, it does. It's it does. a uh, It's a really fast synchro summoning strategy. With It's like Shang Tsung. These, these three... These three worms, the, the, these three key worm boss monsters. And of course, since uh, the Yang Zing Denlong came off the ban list, he's also a huge addition to it. This deck is a very fun. If you like Synchro Summoning, I really encourage you to get your hands on this. Uh, a lot of the cards are pretty cheap. The archetype is pretty affordable. They're, and even they just reprinted one of the... Yang, or excuse me, one of the uh, Draco Tenyi cards. They have Dra- the Tenyi Berserker, which is, uh, I'm trying to find the Dra- Draco Berserker of the Tenyi. There you go. Really, really cool. There. Just reprinted. Thank, you. Thank so, you for that marvelous introduction. But really, really cool. Really excited to start playing Yu Gi Oh! again. I love it a lot. It's, like I said, the first TCG I ever played. It, it is a very, it's very different from where it began. If my brother tried getting into it today, which is will never happen, obviously, but if hypothetically speaking, he would be looking at what a synchro or XCs monster is looking at, and he would just get up and leave most likely. And even some of the the fusion summoning has gotten out of hand too. So, but right, very, you are Ken. Very, very, very fun game. I like it a lot, and like like I said, the Kaido deck is very fun. So that was three purchases with the two Yu-Gi-Oh decks, and of course the Kaido deck from One Piece. So that's my weekly purchases. Right, you are Ken. I can't remember what that show was on Spike TV all those years ago. Wait, what was it? Where they, you know, it was the Japanese. It was the Japanese game uh, shows where, yeah, 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 yeah. where people were essentially torturing themselves and they yeah. dubbed it over in English. English and I, they can't were, rem- I can't remember what it's called, but it's, oh, I yeah. always use it. Right you are, Ken. That was so funny. They they would so, just, they, they would get like they would like fall like almost like like two stories and these guys would just crack up and laugh about it. It's horrible. Horrible. So my weekly purchases all have to do with the film The Crow. Actually, not all. Only three. So I bought three more Crow figures. The McFarlane uh, Maniacs one, where the Crow actually sits on 
Eric Draven's shoulder with the bass guitar. The Me- another Mezco Crow figure with it comes with the bass guitar as well and a stand and a bunch of accessories with it. I also bought a NECA Crow figure. So I'm all in on the Crow. I'm getting the Crow stuff. I can't stop. I love it. It has the sting look. If And there is no Crow sting without the film The Crow. And I also bought the rare red and black sting micro brawler. And I'm only missing the one micro brawler, which is a one of, I believe it's one of 100 sting micro brawler. And it's $300 on the secondary market. So I'm going to have to pump the brakes on that one just a little bit, but I didn't really buy too much. Our stores have not been great down here. And quite frankly, I've been busy. Haven't been able to do some online shopping. So we are going to continue to build. We're going to continue to build. Yeah. Continue to grow. You know, but those are my four weekly purchases. I bought three crow figures. I also bought a Sting AEW red and black micro brawler that is supposed to resemble the Wolfpack Sting. You know, so that's those are my weekly purchases. Next week, I think I should have a larger, I guess, a larger haul that's going to be coming in. You know, there's a lot of a lot of figures that are going to be coming through the door this week. I suppose there's going to be more and more. Uh, how do I say it? More Sting stuff coming through the door in the next couple of weeks. I have some eBay purchases that are have not shipped yet. I have yeah. some trades, some trade skis that I did. That you know, more things are going to be moving for the door. Now there is a toy line, much like the Mando that I have, that is called Hot Toys, which are almost statues, and then there's you know graded statues. There is a crow statue that's getting pretty. I'm getting pretty, pretty, you know, tasty for. You better be careful. And you're, I'm getting you know, itchy. You better be getting careful. Real itchy for that. Hope your wife doesn't find for out. The crow. Hopefully, someone doesn't tell your wife. Uh, she'll she'll find out. I mean, <laughs> this gigantic package will come through this door. She's going to wonder where six hundred dollars went, and then I'm going to have to come up with some sort of excuse. Oh, I don't know what happened to it. I think Corey ordered that for will. me. He just needed my credit card. And then she will kill me. <laughs> You'll just be sleeping outside on the lawn. Yeah, outside on the lawn. But she will kill me. She'll strangle me. So listen, for those those listeners out there, my wife is Iranian. Okay? So whenever she gets fresh or gets real amped up and says that she, you know, she's angry at me, I always announce her that she's from Tehran, Iran, and I call her the Iron oh, Sheik. sheik. <laughs> and then she gets really pissed. Don't call me the Iron Sheik. I don't have a mustache like that. Yeah, she goes. She gets very fresh. Say, she gets fresh, but you know that's that's how we do it in this household, baby. Yeah. Uh, X Men ninety seven have not watched yet on Disney Plus. I don't even know if it's available yet. Do you have any idea if X Men ninety seven animated series is available on Disney Plus? Very cool. Very cool. No, no, I'm, no, I no, I didn't. 
What? I asked you if you knew if it was available on Disney Plus. Oh, I thought you said it was available on Disney Plus. No, I All asked, right. do you know if it's available on Disney Plus? Yeah, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> my fault very cool so you weren't listening at all i thought you said it was on disney plus so that's when i said very cool but no, i do not I know asked, if it's on, do you know if it's on disney plus or i not? don't know if it's on disney plus or not okay well, I don't know. I, that's the answer i needed right off the bat pal. i'm sorry i found something pretty interesting though on what? big bad toy store.com which is a store that you like to shop off of online Big Bad Toy Store, little plug ski for Big Bad Toy Store. They do not bill you until it's time to ship. Okay? So if you pre-order something and that pre-order is not due for a year, you will not get billed for a year. Phenomenal. That Love that crazy. business plan. I found it's it, it's it's all sold out. Now, I, I I'm not that keen on this character as – as one of my favorites, I mean, he is really awesome to, to to play as if you get good with him. But I tell you right now, this reptile. No, well, reptile is really cool, but this Shao Kahn deluxe version where he's sitting on his throne in the Coliseum. Oh yeah, what's the price on that? Because that's Storm Collectibles. Pre pre order sold out. It is one hundred fifty nine ninety nine. Third okay. quarter twenty twenty three. Okay, but so that's coming he, out. That, I mean, that it, should be out already. Yeah, he looks amazing. I mean, like the 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 entire just like layout, like uh, his, the way he, they designed the throne, the way they have designed his attire, his his in, even just his appearance, his all his muscles, they look like identical to the video game. Very very cool, very cool. That's something yeah. I was I would be interested in getting just to have just because it looks really cool. And the reptile one, the original reptile, the original reptile skin. From the original yeah. Nintendo 64 game, wow, that looks really good too. That's something I would definitely want to get at some point, but I would definitely get in trouble for buying that. Well, I mean, Big Bad Toy Store, phenomenal. So if you have to fulfill your itchy needs or your hunger needs for toys, make sure you hit up a Big Toy Store, okay? Big Toy Store. Or Big Bad Toy Store, I'm sorry. BigBadToyStore.com, BigBadToyStore.com. You do not get charged until the item ships, especially if it's a pre-order or if it's not readily available. Also, for any wrestling needs, go to RingsideCollectibles.com, okay, and fulfill all of your wrestling needs for that. Don't mess around with those Walmart pre-orders. Walmart is almost 99.99999% of all the time are going to cancel your order. So do not do any pre-orders through Walmart. If you want wrestling figures, if you want the best wrestling figure action, if you want the best customer service that you could ever ask for, go to ringsidecollectibles.com. Also, if you are into any retro wrestling figures, whether it be LJNs or if you prefer to do the bendies, go to majorpodmerch.com. They have just signed or just released that they're doing some new Ric Flair stuff, uh, Ric Flair LJN style in his 80s promo suits. Looks great. They're doing uh, LJN style Sergeant Slaughter, LJN style Marty Jannetty. A lot of releases coming out. They just had live 17 this past weekend with some reveals. So head over to MajorPodMerch.com. Take a look at what they have to offer. Great stuff. So you have Ringside, 
collectibles.com, Big Bad Toy Store, Major Pod merch. You know, obviously, go look up Amazon.com for those deals. There's deals every day, people. Every day when it comes to toys, collectibles, shirts, whatever your needs, desire, yep. check out Amazon.com as well. Become a Prime member. Please subscribe. Subscribe to the pod. You get great stuff here. Okay, great yeah. conversations. You get some bickering. You get us making fun of each other. We haven't even made fun of our sister yet, and that's going to be coming very soon. It's really going to piss her off. No big deal. It's all for fun. Great listen for a little bit over an hour. Okay, come on. Subscribe to the channel. Help us get those sponsors. Let's yeah. go. I'm tired and, of making these purchases. And if you're looking to get anything for your trading card game needs, head on over to TCG Player. They have everything from Magic, The Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Digimon, One Piece, Flesh and Blood, and the new Disney game, Disney Lorcana, that just got released. I will not be touching that ever, but it's on there if that's what you're if that's your jam, it's over there. Cardfight Vanguard's over there. And even they're still selling Dragon Ball Super over there. And even Force of Will, I thought that game was dead a long time ago. But apparently it's still around. But if you guys want to go ahead and get your solid trading card game itch and your trading card game purchases, head on over, over to TCG Player. I trust them a lot. TCG Player will get you what you need for your TCG needs in terms of cards. To protect your cards with card sleeves, game mats, deck boxes, you name it. Head on over to TCG Player. And if you have a retro taste and you need to get hit in those retro feels, make sure you check out Retro Rick on YouTube and Patreon. And if you are big into figures, not just wrestling figures, but any figure across the board, McFarlane Toys, Hasbro Toys, you name it. Head over to Kyle Peterson. Give give Kyle Peterson a follow on Patreon and YouTube. And that's going to be it for me for this week. So head on over to all those websites, those people. Give them a follow. Give us a follow. And we'll catch you next time for the next installment of Bash and Bros Pod. I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. I'm Corey, guys. I'm Billy. We'll see you next time. Have a good Later. one.